Hello, everybody. It is Sunday, April 11th, 2021, as we record this other, another fine episode of the Hugo Floss podcast. My voice is almost here, but luckily, Nancy Hugo is all the way here. Not quite, but I guess I, <laughs> I, guess I sound normal. Hey, Dan, how are you doing today? Other than your voice, um, pretty pretty okay. It's it getting nice warm in Vegas. I'm yeah. sorry. It no. was nice having you here last week in person. I hadn't seen you in 16 months, and I actually recognized you when I uh, picked you up at the airport. Yay! So it was fun having you for four days. Now you're back in Las Vegasville. Yeah, for the record, for everybody listening, um, <clears throat> I think I was the only person walking out of the air train station and you were there to pick up. So it was going to be me or nobody. <laughs> oh, that's why I recognized you. Yeah, exactly. Well, that being said, um, were you the only one on the whole train? It was not filled with people. Uh, I don't know why. Because um, the plane was full. But yeah, guess, that's what I was going to say. The plane I mean, was filled up yeah. to capacity and then some. So I guess they decided to have their relatives pick them up directly at the airport. Possibly. Yeah, or took an Uber or a Lyft or a cab. Um, the When I was there in November of 2019, I, I think I remember there being just generally more people coming and going through that. So the air train station is a... I think air train or sky train. I can't remember. Sky train. That's right. It's, it's a little <clears throat> intra airport, inter terminal, and then parking, like long term economy parking, and the sky train station. So you can pick up people and drop them off at the sky train. You don't have to deal with the traffic. Very nice. Um, Very convenient for the driver. I'm sure. About. I mean, it's not that far away from the airport, but it is. Uh, it's four minutes away, you said, right? Via the SkyTrain? Yeah, on the, on the SkyTrain. So, yeah. uh, <clears throat> so normally, the, the several times that I've been through there before and up to November, yeah, it seems like not exactly packed, but you know, nice little flow in and out. And yeah, this time, the airport itself was, was uh, not crazy. I have noticed in both directions. Um, the airport itself, the pre, pre-TSA area, right up until the security, like your x-ray check, mm-hmm. everybody's sort of following the, you know, stay back. They have the stickers on the floor with the distancing and all that. And then, <clears throat> actually before the x-ray, but so after you go through passport or ID check, that everybody kind of goes, all right, we're now we can do whatever we want. So they, so everybody's think, bunched they up. think that once they go through TSA, they're immune to everything. I guess so. <laughs> so especially in Phoenix, it was kind of mayhem at the gate. So, um, <clears throat> and Southwest with their boarding scheme probably made it a little bit worse and the gates are really close together. So there's, there's really no opportunity to, uh, distance so you're you're pretty and i'm sure somebody somewhere is saying well you're gonna be on the plane i was just gonna say that you're gonna be shoulder to shoulder does it really matter if you're six feet away from each other before you get on the plane because you're gonna get to know each other if you talk to an airline person they will tell you it's the because of the air circulation in the plane the air is turning over very quickly the air is moving from forward to back aft Four to aft, and uh, so sit in the back of the plane, I guess, uh, get all the germs from up front. But the problem is that is air circulation happening. So I guess that's that's good. In the airport, it's just a bus station, really. Same yeah. thing. It's just packed. People are sitting, standing, talking. They're in line, and there's there's no connection made. It's like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. We're as you said, we're we're through, so nothing to worry about. Yeah. And I did have 
Um, as I said from uh, in the last show, going from Vegas to Phoenix, there were no incidents. It was a f- completely full flight, a small 737 Southwest Airlines. Going back, it was a 737 MAX 8. You may have heard about the 737 MAX from Boeing in the news, crashing and having gigantic issues. So I'm happy to see that Southwest is uh, forging ahead and, and using the MAX even though it's problematic. <laughs> and then I got back and then I think the next day or Wednesday or Thursday, there was a headline, Boeing 737 MAX continues to have problems and more of them are being grounded. So I was, oh, good. Well, at least I made it. Oh, yeah. But on the way back from Phoenix to Las Vegas, there was one woman. Plane was very, I think they said there was 80 people on the plane and capacity is more than 144, longer fuselage. And... Uh, she was walking to the back of the plane. I guess she had arrived pretty late at the tail end of the boarding window. And she was walking behind a flight attendant as they were walking by. I was in, what row was I in? I can't remember. Um, I was, I was pretty far back though, as, cause that's just convenient. And she started saying something mean or bad or, you know, some, some I, I wasn't really paying attention, but she said something as in elevated tones and then the, the flight attendant turned around and she said, Oh, I'm sorry. That was very mean. And the <laughs> flight attendant just said, Oh, that's okay, ma'am. I understand. So brushing it off, but, uh, mild, very mild chaos for being such an empty plane. But I will tell you, uh, the, it's a long fuselage. And this time, uh, I think I was telling you this story, I don't think we said it during the show, but this happened again. So we're, we're on the plane. We're, we're about to push back and the pilot comes on and says, okay, well, this is a very long plane. And because we don't have a full flight, we're going to need 10 people to move from rows one to 10 through to back to rows 20 to 30. And that took about 15 minutes. So we left late because it turns out there's the not me problem. Somebody else will do it. Mm-hmm. So this was going from Phoenix to Las Vegas, and they asked you to uh, play musical chairs? Yeah, you have to balance the load. I've, so. I've never been on a plane where they said that. that well, is mostly, I mean, if I it's an empty... Yeah, what? I didn't know I didn't know that, you know, that they could say, oh, I mean, how do they tell with their instruments before they, they even get on the ground? Oh, they can just um, eye it and figure it out? Yeah, you just have to have a distribution of passengers through the... Oh. That's why he didn't say all the big passengers move. He just said 10 people need to move to the... Well, yeah. Can you imagine how embarrassing it would be if, if they said, sir, I'm guessing you weigh 300 pounds and you've got to move to the back of the plane so you can balance the rest? <laughs> that wouldn't be very nice, would it? It wouldn't be nice, but um, that would probably have been as effective because the reality is, you know, if you like you you couldn't legitimately say, okay, uh, two adults and two toddlers, does that count as four people, two people? Yeah. So yeah, some, somebody larger anyway. So um, this being Southwest, it wasn't such a big deal that in my, in the version that I experienced when I first started traveling for work couple years ago, many years ago now, uh, they, they made the mistake of announcing the premier plus seating upgrades because the plane was so empty. They said, hey, if you want to upgrade to the extra four inches of leg room on a small United flight, it's $50 or something. And then they came on and said, okay, we, we need 10 people to move from the back of the plane to the middle. And everybody said, no, I don't want to pay. So that was sort of comical. Cause there again, we were they had to literally go row to row and say, we really need you to move. Like, we're not kidding. We're not leaving until you do. So people were arguing with the flight attendant staff. So yeah, whatever. Chaos. Mm, fun travels, right? Yeah. Although you do enjoy traveling in the yeah. day you did, and you probably would now, but you don't prefer Southwest because you said it's like a bus and everybody agrees, but Occasionally, they have some really good prices, so I succumb oh, yeah, to their yeah. their uh, situations. And uh, anyway, 
I was going to talk about the news of the day. Prince Philip finally left this world, never to be seen again. At 99, I think he had a nice long life. So I looked up a couple of things. First of all, we all know, so his wife is the queen. And what was his job? Do you know? His job was to sit there and agree with her on everything. He got paid. His worth is three, I, I'm sorry, $30 million. And all these years, he really never had anything to do but agree with her. A couple of years ago, he got into that auto accident. They said, oh, he survived the accident. Yeah, he's the one who caused it. But can't talk about the dead. So he's now gone. Now the big question is how long is the queen going to last? Probably till she's 103. And then who moves in? Good old Charlie. Charlie and his ugly wife, Camilla. Oh, my God. Um, but that's the news of the day. And the other big news is, is Harry going to make it to the UK for Grandpa's funeral? And Megan, who wants to see her anyway? And the big excuse is, well, she's some reporter said she's heavily pregnant, so she can't travel. I never heard that. Heavily pregnant. When do they determine when that applies. I think but you get anyway. on the scale, and if you're heavily... Uh, yeah. Heavily baby, uh, I don't know. Laden. Heavily. Yeah. She, she would be like, uh, we need two people or or one princess to move back uh, yeah. for whatever her title is now. God, yeah. Can you imagine her on the, Southwest? I don't think so. The, uh, the, the, the drama of the royals is not something I keep track of, I have to say. I did. Well, there, there was a nice little Russell Brand, if you know Russell Brand. Has a nice uh, podcast, and he's on YouTube. <clears throat> he does. He, he's kind of an interesting character, and he did a like about a ten minute commentary. He's from England. Um, I don't know if he was born there, but he certainly lived there. And he he had some interesting things to say about the the relationship the royal family has with the, the population, and he reflected on the inevitable uh, when the queen passes as well. It was an interesting take. It, it will be interesting. There are people that just, they only know the queen. There's been no queen or other. Yeah, that's true. She's been the longest reigning queen yeah. in their history. And she's been married to her husband. Now she was married. Uh, 73 years. Yeah. And for, yeah, for 73 years, he's been putting up with her dogs and his doing nothing. I don't know. But anyway, times are changing and she still rules the roost. So we'll see what happens. And also, of course, the big news about the Harry and Meghan thing on Oprah. But uh, interesting, Oprah was planning this with Meghan for three years, they said. Who knows if it's fake news or not, but uh, now they're debunking a lot of what was said during that interview. So I, every country has their drama, and this certainly is the big drama for um, the royals. The, more to come in the next few weeks, I'm sure. Like, who's going to sit where? Oh, my God, Harry just looked at William and didn't smile. Yeah. They they have, just like in America, they have nothing else to do. So if it makes for interesting copy, they make it up. So going on from there what else happened this week that we can talk about on air <laughs> i um i think the, uh where i live in las vegas <clears throat> i don't go down to the strip very often but just out everywhere it, it see it feels like i've not checked this it feels like every day there's a an additional either shooting uh or usually a hit and run or sometimes just a plain old car crash with fatalities. But it seems like every day there's a, we're inching back to the normal. <clears throat> there used to be a, a campaign to cut down on the number of uh, traffic fatalities of all kinds, especially pedestrians, pedestrians. I've mentioned this before. Mm -hmm. Pedestrians. Um, de definitely the strip is a, an obstacle course of, pedestrians and vehicles arguing, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anywhere I think, um, 
uh, I was on Charleston. There, uh, just you know, somebody crossing the street, and uh, one I think they said the um, the the person who got hit jumped in the middle of the street or was walking in the middle of the street, or you know, so who knows? But yeah, it's it's weird because for so long, for a year or so, there were there were very few such reports and now of it's course. sort of sprung quarantine the people to stay in their house don't go out in public your traffic accidents are going to go down you yep. let them out of the cage and of course the accidents go up the shootings go up the uh, people getting into fights go up and of course the cases go up so we all knew yeah. that the amount of uh, covid uh, cases were going to go up that was a, a uh, given actually i'm anxious to see what happened in uh fort lauderdale with the college kids on break after i complained that they were so stupid i wonder if they're keeping track of the cases going up in that scenario oh florida was the the place where the the person i was working for the department of health and human services equivalent in Mm -hmm. in florida was fired and then later arrested Really? Because she was publishing real data instead of, or some, you know, whatever, whatever the allegations were. But <clears throat> I will say here in uh, here in Nevada, the, uh, it was March 27th. The headline was um, capacities increased, you know, ca- capacity caps are adjusted up. And I think they were moving to, by that point, 50% occupancy of, of restaurants and whatnot. And, you know, so all kinds of loosening of things and I posted on Twitter that's where that's where you do these things and the I said all right well let's give it uh, a week or two so eight days later uh, Nevada was turn it was had turned the case rate back up so instead of going down it was now going up and then by 12 days later it was um, the highest number of cases since whatever January but the case rate is continuing to go up. So yeah, I mean, these are these are all predictable things. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think there's a lot of fake news. Second of all, the reporting really needs help because each state reports differently. Um, each, I know in Arizona, I don't know what's going on in Arizona, but um, I know that the governor... Um, said you don't have to wear a mask nobody there's he released his ruling that you don't have to wear a mask but you do have to follow the rules based on each county each city i guess and the stores so so that's kind of a a weenie way of doing it so he said okay you don't have to wear a mask so you walk into uh, trader joe's like somebody did the other day without a mask Trader Joe's decided you have to wear a mask in their store, but this guy said, Doug, uh, Governor Goosey, Goosey, yeah, Governor Doug Ducey said, you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, but when you enter the store, it says this establishment requires a mask. Yeah. So people take one item and they, they live by it. Yeah, but the governor said, yeah, well, you know what? Get out of my store and go find a store where you can go through, buy your stuff without wearing a mask. Yeah. So he made probably. such a such a you know big incident about it that of course it was on the news feed it was on TV because they have nothing else to report. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's crazy. I think people should use common sense. Wear yeah, your well, damn mask for Pete's sake. Just think work. if you're a guy you don't have to shave and if you're a woman you don't have to wear makeup. What's the big deal? Get your mask to match your outfit and be done with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, common sense, not so common. Right. That, that old thing. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think it's, um, the, the dramatic inconsistencies and those continue the CDC changing their mind day to day on different things. Mm-hmm. Um, what if they I, said, what if they said, can you imagine the confusion? All right. You can wear your mask on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Can you imagine? And then. Well, yeah, people would take it for yes. He said every day they kind of, oh yeah. I mean they kind of have done the equivalent, and uh, so the mismatch between. But the problem, a problem, is 
because everybody's got the microscope and the and the magnifying glass and everything and and every utterance is spread to every corner immediately there's no like there is no opportunity to say like if somebody if somebody then it can be Fauci whoever but if somebody says you shouldn't wear a mask and they say did you say should or shouldn't well if somebody cuts that audio correctly See, oh, see, he ha- he didn't say should or shouldn't. You can ha- he could, it could go either way. You know, so people will tease these things apart, every word, and then, <clears throat> um, yeah. So the headline yesterday in Nevada was um, was that there was some misreporting of data. You're kidding, really? Well, how unusual. There's. This happened right at the beginning of all this. Um, <clears throat> some some uh, epidemiologists, I think a professor at UW or something up in Washington State, they they started doing some modeling of the spread. As you you always see in movies, like they show a little dot on a map, and then the dot grows, and then before you know it, the whole world is red or whatever. So, um, so they started doing this modeling, the SIR model, the susceptible infected exposed thing it's a it's a very simple model and it's not at all it's just an indicator right it's not it's not the it's not what will happen it's what what kind of the general direction of what could happen anyway so then he said you know it turns out that people like they're not reporting things on weekends so they'll just gather up all the numbers from saturday and sunday and just put them out on monday so monday there's a peak or you know so so people that are doing the work of gathering data and reporting it are not reporting time series data like a data scientist. They're reporting it like an office worker. Like, oh, yeah, I'll, get, I'll do it at the end of the day. Oh, I, I forgot to do Fridays. I'll put that in there too. Yeah. But because they just report, uh, you can call it an opaque number. So it's, yeah, there was a, a thousand. Well, was it 300 each day or was it a thousand one day? And these things matter because uh, a virus will spread in real time, not on Mondays. So it's just frustrating to watch for a year in and, you know, the uh, confusion about masks, confusion about reporting of things, understanding that something I said a month ago may not apply anymore because of new knowledge or the change of numbers. And well, yeah, but a month ago you said that, well, a month ago was very different. (laughs) Yeah. I've been talking to a couple of people who actually realize, and they've brought it up that you know, the flu has been with us from the practically the beginning of time. We get flu shots or we don't get flu shots. I know this is, there's a variant. Everything is different. But now it's gotten to the point where it, it has to be part of our lives. But the fake news is always going to be around. Or the journalist or the news reporter who has a, a space missing in their story so they make up the things. They they report the news as if they're experts in their field of whatever they're talking about. Yes. That's the reason why I don't listen to the news. I kind of get nauseous when the news is on, so I turn it off. Um, I think they're all trying to get some Nobel Prize for their reporting, and they're, none of them, to me, are worth a dime. So I don't listen. I listen to you more because you yeah. listen to This Week in Virology, and uh, you know more about a lot of the things about this um, virus than most people. And there are people, I mean, we, we've talked about this before. There are people who are so stupid that they get on Facebook and ask their Facebook friends, well, what should I do? What should I do about this? Do you think I should do that about the virus? Do you think this? And those are the people who probably listen to the news and believe everything. So I'm disgusted with that part of the society. I think half of them need to just give it up. Those Uh, are the same people that fit into my complaint for this week. And mainly, I'm going to talk about people not having manners. And that's with everything. You know, we can say, if you care about your fellow human being, you would exercise the manners you were taught, possibly by your parents, unless they didn't teach you manners and you grew up in a barn. But wearing a mask shows that you're concerned about your fellow man. 
Uh, one of the complaints I have about some people are, and I will start going to events. Matter of fact, this week I will go to an event. I will wear my mask, even though I've had my flu shots. Um, but the the idea of interrupting, I hate that. It's like nails on a chalkboard. I will be talking to somebody and people will just interrupt in the middle of my sentence. They don't say, excuse me. They don't wait until I'm quiet. Maybe I'm never quiet, but still, if I see somebody waiting to say something, I will be quiet and I'll say, did you have something to say? But there are plenty of people that I've, uh, that I've been interrupted by to the point where I've complained about it so much. I have had people come over to me and say, excuse me, I don't want to interrupt you because I know you hate that. And so I do. I think that's probably one of the, the most ill-mannered things you can do. So... That's yeah. why, yeah, I think uh, it shows no etiquette, no maturity, and no care for the other person. It's the narcissistic syndrome. I'm important. What I have to say is important. Screw everybody else. Okay, I'm done talking, and they leave like they're so important. And I'm not going to talk about that anymore because I think I over, <laughs> I over-complained about that one, but it's still going to go on forever and ever. People do complain. I mean, people do interrupt. I'm sorry. I, I will always complain, but they interrupt. Ill-mannered people. Like, don't come into my world if you interrupt. I don't want to hear it. Do you think it's gotten worse in the age of um, <clears throat> uh, the the? I I tend to agree with this that the social media is r really more about talking. It's a megaphone, right? So it's it's not. Some people will claim it's, no, it's conversation and engagement. No, mostly people post to be heard. So you listen to me, like what I had to say, retweet, re-Instagram, re-share, whatever. Like, uh, so that, so, so getting your words out is the, the name of the game mm -hmm. in the world of today. So I don't know if that's gotten, if it's driven things to be worse because you don't really have to wait for response. You can just... You, you can make a comment on something that's irrelevant. You can, there are people that just post like, don't, you know, are you looking for a mortgage? And you're like, what is that? What, what is this? So, but I was going to, uh, speaking of social media, so I was going to say my, um, when I, when I worked at Philips Electronics, I worked in the electronics lab. So we all, yeah, this big, no windows in the basement of the building doing our thing with our. Wow. Good work environment, huh? Well, <clears throat> it was nice to be shut because we th we were the only engineering team in this building of mostly accounting and executives, so not having to deal with we we're we're off on our own, right? Mm -hmm. So not so bad. And you know we would go outside. It was the, we, the door was not locked. But anyway, so the, one of my colleagues, Anton Sabev, from Bulgaria. Uh, I'm amazed in, at how you remember everybody's name. That That's I just what they say too. Yeah. He, he, uh, I, I was at one end of the lab talking to our lab technician, Jose, and uh, he was employee number 104 at Apple, by the way. So he'd been around for a while. So we're, we're just chatting. And Anton walks up to me for some reason. I think I was sitting. So I, so I'm looking up at him. Yeah. And he's, he's holding, so, uh, you know, lab bench situation, electronics and, and whatnot. Um, they have Q-tips, but they're not Q-tips. They are, uh, you see these in medical offices too. Uh, it's like a wooden, it's a piece of wood, stick. It's a wooden mm -hmm. stick with a swab on the end. You use those, well, I don't know about in a doctor's office, but at the lab bench, those are meant for like <clears throat> wiping flux off a circuit board or, you know, these, <clears throat> yeah, not for, not for, so he, so Anton walks up with this, with the Q-tip, the, the you know, lab Q-tip. And he says, hey, Dan, is there blood coming out of my ear? <laughs> and I, I looked and I said, yes. And he said, is it a lot? And I said, it's more than normal. And he said, I'm going to go to the hospital. And I said, yeah, that sounds good. What do you do? Stick the thing in his ear? Yes. Oh, so. <clears throat> He's an so engineer? Was he an engineer? Yeah. Oh, Still is. <laughs> so. I recall that story sometimes when I think of when people, there are better, 
there are better places to to get information, I guess. Like <clears throat> you you could just you could look in the mirror real quick, or you could just touch your near your ear, and if there's blood on your fingers, like oh. And then you don't even have to add like, hey, is this uh, is this normal? Is this a normal amount? Like, so that's a Facebook post, right? Hey, I'm bleeding from my ear. What's the normal amount? <laughs> and uh, so, this to me, funny. Anton should a not be putting. Yeah, hey, should I should I stick this in my ear? No. You okay, know what, what they I, say? You know, if it's bigger than your elbow, you can put it in your ear. Anything uh, smaller than that, you shouldn't. I yeah. guess they don't do that in Bulgaria. They stick anything. They're in very the lax with their with their ear prohibition. So, I, I but I just I mean, well, first of all, people don't they they don't seek out answers for themselves as often as I think they should. And second, sometimes the questions you see are like, really you you really had to take the time to ask that. So, and I if if I'm in the mood and because uh, I try to stay off Facebook at this point, but if I'm in the mood, I'll say. Uh, there there was somebody who posted a photo of a urine cleaner like a uh you know a spray bottle that's aimed at ha, at cleaning urine and so possibly for pets or maybe you know who know whatever so the the person posts this photo and says something well what what is this even for and people had all their snarky comments and i said or to rephrase it, here's a solution for a problem I don't have. So how could it possibly make sense to anyone? And people, so yeah, I was being snarky, but uh, that is off, often uh, that is often the case. That uh, very self-centered social social media is very self-centered. So anyway. I think um, while I was in Phoenix, we were able to <clears throat> meet up with uh, with somebody. Uh, I'll, we'll probably talk with him in a show, maybe, um, about advancing the cause for Casa Nunzia. And I think I have to, uh, I think I have to <clears throat> kind of hone the message a little bit. But you know, it's basically a Co-creation of assistive assistive device assistive living devices, mm-hmm. assistive technologies. I think I think that's what it's called. Um, so, I think people are generally interested once I explain it to them. But I I need a quicker, you know, aha moment. So we'll have to work on that. But yeah, so we'll advance advance that cause and see where it leads. Uh, so that was nice to get a little bit of affirmation in Phoenix on Monday, I think it was. Yeah. And we'll be working on Casa Nunzia um, together and move forward. I'm going to take a short break. So Dan, you're going to be solo for about five minutes. Yay. So what else is new? I, um, I think if you uh, listeners have been listening to every show every week, I will tell you, we do not have our website up, <clears throat> which is my on my list of to-dos. But I've, um, I'm designing all the code for a variety of things, and I'm not a web designer. And so there's this funny, there's you can look this up. Or maybe I'll put a link to it, but for for what should be an obvious reason, <clears throat> you should look it up. <clears throat> Take this ball and run with it. So there's this thing called cognitive load, which um, when when you hear somebody talk about it, if you've not thought about it, it's sort of a. It sounds like a dodge. It sounds like somebody's trying to get out of work or something. The cognitive load, and so the first time I heard this, that I noticed it somebody was talking about why why I need multiple screens, right? That's the big thing now that people will use their uh, their their computer desk as a <laughs> monitor uh, farm. So they got, oh, I got, I got nine monitors. I've seen pictures of these setups, the nine monitors. 
And then, well, why do you need Dynamo? Well, I don't want to, I don't want to spend time switching windows. I want everything visible because it cuts down on the cognitive load. So the cognitive load is the thought that goes into switching things, switching between doing one thing and another. And it sounds ridiculous until you really ponder. Like if you're in the middle of something like, <clears throat> say you're doing your taxes or you're reading a book or you are, so you're not watching TV, you're, you're engaged in an active activity that requires uh, thought, focus. And then you get an interruption, a phone call or a knock at the door or something. And it's not just an interruption, but it's a switching of a tap. Like, oh, I got to be on the phone for 30 minutes or whatever. And, or I got to deal with a errant delivery at the door, whatever, whatever it is. So the cognitive load of doing, of taking on that extra task and then switching out of what you were doing and then back to what you were doing, it is non-trivial. So <clears throat> this is why they say humans are bad at multitasking. So the downside of solo entrepreneurialism is th there is nothing but that cognitive load or task switching. So it's been very, <clears throat> it's been very um, fatiguing and going to, I didn't bring my laptop to Phoenix when I went. It was the first time I have not brought my computer with me when I've traveled uh, since I've had a computer, I think. I'm back, by the way. So yes. you've had a computer since you were 12, so... Well, not a mobile one, but yeah, I mean, since true. I, since I've had a laptop of some form. Yeah. And so it was nice to not bring my computer not deal with it. Not, uh, cause there's always plugging of things into the wall to charge and, and then the inevitable tripping over that charging. Okay. Did you have to bring that up? <laughs> okay. So I'm clumsy. I multitask, but I'm also clumsy. That's probably seeking, because I have too much on my cognitive load. Seeking an outlet. Yeah, in a home true. built before 1990. Um, well, that's that's just in general. Uh, I I learned uh, in traveling to Europe to always bring a extension cord, and which I forgot to bring since I didn't bring my computer. But yeah, extension cord goes a long way. I need a snare drum. But you, yeah. So, but but I've been multitasking forever, and but that's what mothers do. I don't know anybody who can't change the baby and make dinner and keep the wash going and check on the other kids' homework and answer the door. And yeah, women are just great multitaskers. That sounds good. However, it also there's... sounds sexist, doesn't it? No, but I, I would submit that it's not correct. So. How many, how many kitchen designs do you do in parallel? And then how many, um, like don't, don't focus on one and then so don't do them serially and then interrupt one design with a, with another design or with pricing a different design. So many times, many times, you know, if you're a busy designer and you're working on three, four five projects simultaneously you have to keep switching hats whether it's the design and then ordering or specifying and then taking the complaints from people or trying to follow up on the orders the deliveries um, talking to new people uh, when you're alone as a single entrepreneur as you said yeah you've got to wear many hats and you can't just say excuse me but i'm doing design so uh go put a sock in it until i'm no. ready." yes i understand that but um, since you brought up the, the, uh, the, the multitasking mom, uh, okay. one of the symptoms of cognitive load and its impact is now think back to yourself, listener and Nancy, uh, have you ever in the midst of many things going on at the same time, called someone by an incorrect name? Well, I'll go one better than that. I've called people when I'm real busy and then when they answer, I'll say, who did I call? Right. So that's, that's a symptom of cognitive load. So you, you are, you may, you may call someone the, the, the other child's name or yeah. you, I know you, I don't know. I, I'll figure out one your name of, eventually. Yeah, yeah. You're one of my kids, but I can't remember which one, but uh, you can multitask, but not saying that you're a hundred percent in each task at the same time. So, well, that's the problem. Yeah. So 
how many multitasks does it take to bring the the efficiency of multitasking to below what it could be if you just said, you know, I'm going to finish one thing and then move on to the other. <clears throat> so the point I was going to make it was that uh, where initially I thought that was sort of a dodge or it was like, ah, yeah, I just want nine monitors on my desk. So I'm going to say it's cognitive load. There's another saying tech debt, technical debt. So <clears throat> if you have a lot of things going on, if you're starting or, or moving forward on some sort of you know, entrepreneurial or, or, you know, kitchen table business, whatever it is. Uh, there's, there are the many things to do that get interrupted, but there's also just a lot of things to do that you want to accomplish. And then technical debt, or you could say any, any, anything that builds up so that you're going to have to deal with it later. So technical debt is this saying that's tech debt is very common where they go, um, if you, if you don't, invest in writing good code today, that's all technical debt that's accumulating. And down the road, you're going to run into uh, uh, some something will happen in half a billion of your users' uh, transaction data and user account data and uh, uh, private identifying information will be dumped onto the internet because you didn't clear your tech debt early enough. And because your engineers had a cognitive load that was distracting them because they had too much to do, you know, all these... So they sound like just big words, but when you really think about it, I'm, I'm sure if anybody listening or you, uh, if, yeah, I'm one of those people. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, anybody, uh, if you actually, you know, now, as of now, if you really think about like, and I'm not talking about dealing with emergencies, right? Like, yeah, you, you have to deal with, a, a, a interrupts, right? So child falls down. You, you have, that's something that you can't go, oh, can I just put this after I finish these other five things? But there is a cost to every task switch or interrupt. And so these are things that become more and more apparent and sometimes frustrating when you are trying to accomplish things. So I'm, and I'm trying to cut down or reduce all the time the technical debt, which means writing code that I don't have to later go, oh my God, I didn't even think of that. Cause it will happen. And I'm trying to write code for multiple projects. I've only talked about two of the projects we're working on. There's actually several. So it's just, uh, it's interesting. And certainly as you, any any single moms would say, it would be easier if there was other parents or, or older siblings or- Or a nanny. Right. So the whole reason you get help is so that you can spread multiple tasks over multiple people. So it's it's an interesting given, and then there are mothers who can't afford nannies, or they don't have anybody to help them, and they've raised six and seven kids, and I don't know how they did it. Um, but with us, we're doing the best we can. I did want to bring up the fact that we have mentioned Casa Nunzia several times, and maybe people are going, "What the heck are they talking about?" And it'd be if you really are interested, just tap on your little keyboard and email to Dan. So it would be dan at um, hugofloss.co and ask yep. him some questions. And that's the only way you're going to get answers. Don't listen to this podcast and go, yeah, I wonder what they're talking about. And then go on and multitask. And uh, Well, it's not the it's only way. It's the only way today. Uh, well, today uh, it is. April yeah. Maybe we're in six a, months, they're, they're not going to have to ask. But if you're well, really we're working curious, on a logo and, and uh, a... Yeah. And uh, we'll file our paperwork to make a nonprofit and we'll do the IRS filing for a 501c3 determination and all that stuff. So yeah, those things will all take time. But but for the curious person who says, sure. what the heck are they talking about? Hopefully you are listening to these podcasts because they're interesting. Um, we kibitz a lot. I, uh, I bitch a lot. <laughs> but we do have a lot of information in these podcasts that are very interesting as I do in my other podcast, and we I will also talk about in a minute. So we did try a, <clears throat> a little telegram test. So, and there, everybody, I don't know if you've uh, anybody who keeps track of anything on the internet. It's basically come down to uh, how many days between a new startup and then everything that they're doing being integrated into the big 
big tech. Mm-hmm. So case in point, uh, I mean, well, Snap Snapchat kind of kind of brought all this to light, I guess, because Snapchat started with their snaps, and then everybody started adding some sort of story that disappears. You know, YouTube has stories, LinkedIn has stories, Facebook has stories, Twitter. Has Have you ever feeds. done a story? Nope. I've never done it either. Because if somebody wants to know something, they can call me. <laughs> I am well, not going to start putting stories on there. That's a little much. So there's the the tricky part is stories are really good for uh, uh, things that you don't. I mean, okay, food truck example. Mm-hmm. You know there was going to be one sometime. So if if you're a food truck owner and you want to tell people when you're going to be, or or a mobile vendor of any kind, right? Hey, we're having we're at the farmers market tomorrow. And when you say tomorrow, you should actually say the date. So we're at the farmer's market on uh, Saturday, April 10th from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the location. And, and you can post that as a story and you're posting it 24 hours before you're out there. So it'll stick around and people can see it. And, uh, you know, it'll it's posted in a different place on most of these platforms. So it draws attention. Oh, okay. So here's where they're going to be inside. And then it goes away. So nobody on Saturday evening will say, Oh, you said tomorrow. I thought you meant Sunday, right? It's gone. It's already. Yeah, it's when they days. put those things on Facebook that they screw up everything because they say, we'll see you tomorrow. And then. Well, yeah, Facebook right? posts are different. So so if people use these tools, I guess they're, they can be useful in the way. Because if it's a time, if there's an event, right? I, I, I want it to end. Facebook has events, but people don't use them. So. It, it, anyway, it's people are people are throwing tools at the wall. Anyway, so so uh, Clubhouse is the latest thing. So, uh, and if you read the Wall Street Journal or some other outlets, they appear to believe that Clubhouse has invented podcasting. <laughs> like, oh, they have made shared audio drop-in uh, shows the new thing. Like, yeah, that, podcasting has been around since. Uh, Adam Curry, who is a dork, but he did pretty much come up with the idea of like, hey, everybody has these audio players now. Why can't we distribute audio programs that aren't music using the internet? But so him and Dave Weiner came up with the whole RSS feed and the the kludge that that is. But yeah, that's where it started. So it was, it was many years ago. So uh, Wall Street Journal is uh, fake news? No. No, they're, they are, if you say that Clubhouse has taken podcasting and made it accessible to people like, uh, kind of like Anchor, right? Anchor's done something similar. So they're disrupting a little bit. So, but the way you choose words. So if you want to call that fake news, I guess. So Clubhouse, they didn't say Clubhouse is a uh, porn site. No, <laughs> That's but not they, true. No, but- Clubhouse did not is not the uh, the beginning of podcasting. That's the way it no. sounded. No, and to be fair, the headline versus the article are two written by two different people, right? Headlines are for clickbait. The body of the article, which nobody ever reads, is uh, right. So you have to be aware that headlines now are news to people and not the actual reporting. So, mm. so in fact, Clubhouse has done some interesting things by enabling a. Uh, a drop-in podcast, right? And the the notion of having an audience that can listen in and do comments and YouTube's been doing this for a while. You could super chat and you can have guests. And so they've kind of adjusted the way the guest scheme works on that, but it's only on the iPhone. There's no website, there's no Android side. So your iPhone users only. To me, that means it's not a real product. So not worth the time, but it's, um, Twitter allegedly was in talks to acquire them for $4 billion. <laughs> hmm. So, but they didn't acquire them. So now everybody, Telegram, uh, Discord, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, probably, I mean, the list probably goes on. They're all coming up with their own version of Clubhouse, which on this in the scheme of things is not very difficult to do. It'd be like posting a, a Zencaster link 
that somebody wanted to click on and just join in the show right now. They probably, that's trivial. If we were live streaming, that'd be trivial, right? <clears throat> so, so what Clubhouse has done is packaged up existing technologies and they said, oh, let's try this. And so it's not, it's not like they didn't do anything, but uh, the fact that they only did it for iPhones, I think is going to be the reason that they are forgotten. Their downfall, right? Yeah. And you can do the same thing with Substack and Review, and there are yeah. several uh, Now let's email. talk about Telegram. Okay. Uh, so I have the app, and we could, you and I, could send messages to each other via Telegram on our phone. So when you get on there, when you download the app, then you have a whole list of people that have also joined Telegram. So I went ahead and sent two messages to people that I know pretty well, and I never got any answer. I think people download an app and then they don't do anything with it. So if it's going to be a an app that's going to connect people, if they're going to download and then ignore it, they should just uninstall it and not use it. Or I have to call them verbally or send them an email and say, hey, I sent you a message on Telegram. Are you not using it? And they'll, you know what they'll say? What is that? Yeah, a lot of people install, you know, oh, WhatsApp is causing angst in the world. Everybody's switching to Telegram and Signal. And so people will install it, they look at it, and they go, oh, none of my friends are using it, therefore I'm not going to use it. And that's it. Um, personally, I the, the only incoming text messages I get are... Uh, authentication codes for various things like here's your login code and it's just a it's called a one-time password mm -hmm. so well, or yeah. uh, junk texts mm -hmm. and then incoming phone calls like 90 percent are about a car warranty i don't have or need yeah. or other junk so i i mean the the number of calls and, and text messages i get that are of any value is approaching zero so why even have a phone number floating around? And Telegram is uh, open source, mostly. Signal. And we will try using uh, Telegram to do a podcast. Yeah. So here at Telegram, you can invite guests and people can listen live. So it's a way to live stream in an interactive way. But Telegram works on iPhones, Android devices, desktop computers. Um else other elsewhere wherever so, so somebody can actually jump into a conversation while they're um in their car or they're at the store of course the background noise is going to be a bitch but that's something that i have to get a little more comfortable with using and then i want to start using that sure i think that's interesting and i mean if you think back to the uh anybody who's an art bell fan <laughs> Um, imagine if Art Bell was around now that there's been these revelations about like, yeah, we do have UFO stuff, <laughs> but you know, people calling in quote, quote, calling in, uh, is interesting because you're on the switchboard and on the, on the, um, what is it? The rotary. And so calling into something is, can be tricky, but what clubhouse has done and what telegram and all these others are also doing is bringing the call-in radio show to the 21st century, right? So instead of calling in, you request to join, and then you're allowed in, and you speak, interact, and then maybe you stick around, or maybe they kick you off, or maybe, you know, like maybe you're one at a time kind of thing. But you can still chat, you can interact, you can send a question without actually getting So they, they've brought all the other stuff to bear on, on a conversational content. So is your conversation uh, exclusive to the people that have jumped on there? I know that when people look up Telegram, they're going to say, yeah, but this is based in Dubai and it's run by Russians. Um, any problem with that? So Telegram, I don't use, I use for the casual uh, text replacement. And if we're making a podcast, that's not secret, then it's fine. There's mm -hmm. 
nothing particularly like um, Clubhouse. The people were engaging in political discussions, and then they discovered that they were not private in any way. But if you so, if you intend to publish or share or make it, so I made public a public room or a public channel on Telegram for Hugo Floss. So I don't really doesn't bother me that it's based in Dubai, and I don't know. Are they? What you say? They're funded by Russia. They're owned by Russians, aren't well, they? The two people who started it are Russian. Yeah, but what does that really mean? Oh, like, nothing, you, nothing. But what I mean, I'm saying is, as with every other platform, people, especially kids, should not put anything private in a yeah, text message. Or yeah. well, it goes without saying, Dan. But there are people that will put on Facebook, "I'm not home. I'm on my way to uh, Cancun." And for anybody who wants to, they can say, oh, this house is empty. Or don't ever give somebody your passcode. Or, hey, this is how you get into my house, my, you know, my uh, burglar alarm number. So that goes without saying. So I guess if you are used to not putting anything private on a text message, then you're okay with Telegram. But you shouldn't put anything private or personal anywhere. Yeah, there's um, so uh, text text messaging is also problematic for a variety of reasons, but basically, Telegram for me is replaced text for casual messaging. So, uh, or if, you know anything that's going to be public. So these chat uh, channels, the Telegram's version of drop-in clubhouse style audio creation, that's fine. It's not private. It's not not intended to be secret. It'll be published. So it doesn't really uh, bother me either way. Signal, the the company that started that wrote the encryption scheme for WhatsApp. So they just formed their own company and are doing end-to-end encrypted stuff, calls, texts, all that. So that's also, um, I think there's, there are open source components to that. So Signal, I treat that as more uh, people that are that are a little bit more concerned about that. If you want to have a private conversation, it's end-to-end encrypted for real. And then if you really want to get uh, serious, then you can get all the open source software from the Matrix, matrix.org, Matrix Communications. They have a client server for completely private end-to-end encrypted messaging there's a video server, so you can do something like Zoom, but it's all completely open source, and you can deploy your own. So, uh, so I could have my chat server be wherever I want it to be, and you could have your chat server be wherever you want it to be, and the chat servers connect to each other, and we would speak through our respective servers. So, Element is the client. So that's those are all super nerdy things, and um, they're not quite ready for prime time. But I, I have a. Uh, two chats open with element between myself and uh Daniele, who you know in uh he's in holland and kevin in hawaii so they're both nerds so they're they're set up it's not exactly ready for for the casual user but anyway so i i've i have created three different rings of difficulty i guess you could say so, so let me just easy. let me just say this one thing what you're Anybody listening to this, if you're interested in anything he said, and if you're not a nerd like me, I'm not a nerd. If you're not a nerd like I am not a nerd, you want to point your questions or get involved with that through Dan. Anything having to do with design, that's my, I hate to say this word, wheelhouse, but that's my expertise. So if you're interested in Matrix or your personal chat rooms or whatever, He's the man you want to talk to, not me. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out how we can do a podcast on Telegram, which I think is good because then somebody can jump in and talk to us and with us on this podcast. So we're going to get to that really soon. As soon as I figure out um, when I take Telegram 101 from my dear Dan. Well, we did, we did it. We did a experimental thing and it's pretty easy. Yeah. So. And is there any any reason why we wouldn't be able to do that, have somebody jump in from Europe or Asia? Oh, anybody who wants to 
I, I created the public channel and um, there'd be a, you can send out a, a guest invite link and uh, I think you can have the, the room link and the people can request to join. And, mm. and there's, there's actually a video podcast service that's very similar to this um, crowd something crowdcast maybe. And uh, I know a person who does a, like a three person video show and you can, you can watch live, you can comment live and they'll answer, you know, post a question or post it. They'll have a quick little funny survey. Hey, what's the worst thing you ever saw somebody do with a hamburger? And so, so they'll, they'll get the live interaction and then you can request to join the show and they'll have like some other, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll appear as a little frame and you can engage in person, so to speak. Is but there, yeah, that's, is there that's a way to control how 10 people not talk at the same time? No, but that's true in life as well. So and that's the best why thing I talked about have, interruption. Not have 10 people. Well, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been in, uh, the, say, the administrator or the, the, the owner of a Zoom call, but you can mute people. So if somebody's talking too much, you just mute them. And that works on Telegram as well? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Well, yeah, I made both of us admins, so you could have muted me or I could have muted you, but uh, we'll have to try it with guests. But yeah, that's the general idea is you Good. can't, um, it's the hang up or the dump button. It's the same. These, these are all things that have existed forever in the, from, from, the, from when radio became a thing. Right? Oh, you got to be able to bleep people if they say something bad because <laughs> yeah. words are bad. But, uh, but yeah, if somebody's talking to him, Hey, just hang up on them. You're gone. Quick. Yeah. On to the next one. So yeah, these are all these are all kind of normal, standard things. So yeah, I think it would be interesting to get uh, involvement from other people. Uh, you and I both signed up for Buy Me a Coffee, so we can experiment with monetizing our efforts, with support from our various listenerships. Um, you're doing other podcasts, which you're going to mention any minute now. I'm doing two other podcasts, Quaggling Sand and uh, FFS. And then there will be a podcast for Casa Nunzia, no doubt. We're like professional podcasters. And on that note. Hello. Can you hear me? Nancy's having some audio difficulties. I can hear you, Dan. It sounds like electronic. Hmm. I'm getting an offline indicator. Insert the Jeopardy music here. Yeah, Nancy's having some uh, connectivity issues. So I will start on the, uh, since we're just over an hour, thanks for sticking around this long. Um, yeah, I'm getting all kinds of lost connection and whatnot. So like I said, I have two other podcasts. We'll have other media for the projects, Worky and Casa Nunzia. Um, I have the food truck stuff, which is uh, has been too long in coming. That's another cognitive load uh, experiment gone awry. And in the off chance that Nancy doesn't return, I have her favorite podcast in the universe, the Home Design Chat with Nancy, which is always posted on the homepage of designer circle. And I always put a link to these things in our show notes. Our show notes are currently distributed on anchor, which is a nice, decent, free podcast host and distribution service that automatically puts your podcasts in other uh, channels, uh, other distribution channels like, um, well, well, anchor zone, um, do they put them in uh, Spotify since Spotify bought them? and Google Podcasts and iPhone, I'm sorry, Play Store, however Apple does iPodcasts, and a few others. So I think I think uh, you get distributed as more people listen to other networks. So hopefully you're listening and helping that cause. And as always, you may contact Nancy at nancy at hugofloss.co. H-U-G-O-F-L-O-S-S dot C-O. Similarly, you can email me, dan at hugofloss.co. 
I mentioned the buy me a coffee. Um, the world has gone with uh, indie media content creators like ourselves, uh, always, always pitching their Patreon links or their uh, there are several sponsorship support methods. There's uh, advertising. There's uh, ad reads. I did not advertise for Anchor for money just a moment ago. I was just throwing that out there that we're using Anchor. Ideally, we'll be hosting our own content on our own website and use Anchor as like the secondary because it does do a nice job of getting the words out, so to speak. But I think um, the world is what it is. Support from various people in various ways, whether it's advertising or tips, right? So I've seen super chats on YouTube, people dropping $100 for uh, the privilege of asking a question. I don't think we're going quite that far. Uh, eventually, Casa Nunzia will be a 501c3 charity, so that would be a totally different thing. But certainly, <clears throat> if anyone wants to throw a dollar here or there, sure, we're happy to take it. <laughs> so we'll, we'll look for those things to start appearing, especially when the website launches uh, in the show notes. Uh, as my mom would say, you don't ask, you don't get. So we'll we'll just ask or we'll passively ask and we'll see where that goes. Anyway, we are one hour and six minutes on this, the 11th of April, 2021. Winding it down, Nancy was not able to return. So offline, so says the Zencaster status. We'll have to figure out what happened. Hopefully, her side of the show will survive. <laughs> so on that note, I will sign off. Uh, thank you as always for listening. Make sure you listen with your favorite podcast software so you can see our shows when they're published. They will automatically be pulled from one of those RSS feeds I mentioned. And uh, we thank you for, for listening. We will speak to you next week. Take care.